Friday nights at 9 p.m. It's time to sit back, relax, and play conspiracy bingo with Echoplex Media. We've curated the best conspiracy theorists the internet has to offer and turned it into a live bingo game you can play for free with absolutely no prizes but bragging rights. You won't find a live stream like this anywhere else, and that's probably better for everyone else's mental health. Tune in every Friday at 9 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia and find our full schedule at echoplexmedia.com. Read it to the lyrics, to the 
All right, everybody, welcome to the Plex. Welcome, podcast listeners. Welcome, live viewers who have stuck around. The upfront hour of this show was great, and you missed that if you're downloading the podcast. So check out twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. You can check out our live shows six nights a week now. Um, also, check out our other podcasts. Uh, we have a couple. We have Local Love. That's a local music show. You can search for that on your podcatcher of choice. Same with Down Ballot. That's a local news show. And we also have the Intellectual Dollar Tree, which is probably exactly what you think it is. Um, I'm producer Dave. Um, you can find me on Grinder, and this is what the people want. I don't hate the cops. Oh, there's a person inside when the truncheon stops. Oh, don't hate the cops. Oh, when the raiders come, who will protect the shops? Don't hate the cops. They're a sensitive bunch. If you don't stop throwing your rocks, snap, crack, or pop. It's the sound of a taser. Your body drops. Don't hate the cops. Don't hate the cops, don't hate the cops Don't hate the cops Like your local police Cause they don't do nothing wrong Like your local police Got rid of the corruption And the racism is gone They've been keeping the peace Keeping homeless folks out of the parks and malls Got a cure for your social disease Follow the law, don't hate the cops 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 First story tonight is the saga of Mike Lindell's phone and the FBI. Here's a clip of him on Fox News complaining about his phone and the FBI. Says, uh, we're FBI. I said, show me your badges. So they show one badge. I said, how about yours? You know, I'm, I, you know, I don't trust anybody. Like, you know, there's bad people. Well, they do that and they said, what do you want? And, and uh, says, we need to talk to you. So I pull over. Wait, he had this conversation with him while he was driving? That doesn't make sense. 
Mike Lindell said he initially told those agents he would not surrender his phone because he does not have a computer and runs all of his businesses off of that phone. Lindell <laughs> you can't have my phone. I run my businesses on my phone. Oh, man. That's that's incredibly fucking that's you know what that doesn't surprise me to be perfectly honest that mike lindell is running his businesses from like only his phone that he's one of these one of these i only use my phone people i'm just not even the least bit surprised by that it's this is funny though like <laughs> they took his they took his phone like I, I'm, his version of events seems weird too, because like the way he was telling it, he had a whole conversation with the cops or the FBI or whatever while he was driving, and that doesn't seem like things that happen. Does the FBI pull you over? Like I'm hella confused. I his account of events right there is bizarre. I mean, he's a bizarre man, but his account of events there is pretty bizarre. I know I don't have conversations with people even like from the passenger seat of a car while they're while somebody's driving or whatever, we kind of pull over or go to a coffee shop or whatever to have a conversation. Anyway, here's more of uh, Mike Lindell talking about the phone saga. This time he's on a Real America's Voice, The War Room, that's Steve Bannon's show. Going to be with the at the at the president, our real president's rally in Ohio on Saturday. I'm going to speak there about this. We go now. We have a unique opportunity, everybody, to spread the word, get the word out. Maybe, maybe Steve, that just once that the media would go, um, hey, Mike, why why did they do this to you? Uh, could it be because I have all the evidence and because I want to? That's probably they were looking. They were in fact looking for evidence in your phone. If they in fact took your phone, as you claim. Voting machines and electronic computers in our elections. I mean, there's a reason they're doing this. I this, didn't do anything wrong. Of course you didn't, but here's the beauty. Of, <laughs> of course you didn't, but here's the, like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, they took my phone because there's evidence in there. It's like, well, yeah, that's, I mean, no love for the FBI around here, right? I mean, the only FBI agents I like are Mulder and Scully, and even those are, they're, prob they're problematic. Um, but like, yeah, you, you have the evidence, you have something they want. That's why they had a whole conversation with you, I guess, while you were driving down the street or something. So, uh, here's Mike Lindell talking from, uh, his office about this. His office looks a little weird, but here's him talking from his office about his experience with the FBI. Today, the FBI, uh, you're going to hear this and you're probably already hearing it in the news, the FBI came after me and took my phone and surrounded me at a Hardee's. And <laughs> Wait, I thought you had a whole conversation with them while you were driving. Now they surrounded you at a Hardee's? Uh, for people on the West Coast, I believe that's Carl's Jr. I run all my business, everything with. Um, um, they could have just, what they've done is weaponize the FBI. Um, it's disgusting. I don't have a computer. Everything I do have that phone, everything was on there. And, uh, um, and they told me not to tell anybody. Here's an order: not to don't tell anybody. Okay, I won't. <laughs> well, I am. <laughs> I don't think a lot of. I don't think it's common for people to get like a don't tell anyone you've been searched or arrested order. I think that's uncommon. Oh man, this guy's so full of shit. I mean this. The amount of full of shit this guy is like transcends other people. And we do talk about a lot of people here who are full of, I would say, 
a lot of shit. Here's here's more of his discussion with Steve Bannon about uh we'll go ahead and call this a uh, pillow phone gate. Some of the best lawyers in the country, Alan Dershowitz, Alan, um, Andrew Parker, Kurt Olson, amongst others. What can we do with what happened on on uh, with this uh, seizure of my phone? They say FBI corruption, and uh, we are suing. As you're hearing it here first, everybody. We're suing the United States government and the FBI. And this isn't just to get the phone back. This is this is uh, my first, fourth, and fifth amendment rights were broken in the constitutional right. And uh, this is this needs to be go everywhere. We're not going to put up with this. We're not going to be the Gestapo like in uh, Nazi Germany. Steve, this is... Uh, I remember when I heard of the stories of the Gestapo and Nazi Germany surrounding people at a Har- uh, Hardee's and asking for their cell phone. We're being proactive. I was on the phone with these attorneys. I said no. But I how how were you on the phone? They took your phone. We do. We got all the lawyers on the phone. They looked up all these statues. We're going to go to places where no man has gone before. This will set a precedent. This has to stop. Nobody gets to bash people's door down and you get 40. They, they didn't bash your door down. They like surrounded you at a Hardee's or you had a conversation with them while you were driving. Seconds to answer your door. Nobody gets to corner and take a phone away of a private citizen, their company phone. So they're uh, and their hearing aids, everything else. And everything I had was in that phone of all these businesses, my pillow, my store, Frank speech. Uh, passwords to be able to do money wires that I can't do right now. Those aren't in any cloud. I mean, this has got to stop. (laughs) Tell us you don't know how to use your phone without telling us you have no idea how to use your phone. None of this was in any cloud. You probably just had like all his passwords in like a fucking text file on his fucking iPhones, like on his iPhone's home screen and shit. Oh my God. Oh man. What a what a fucking idiot. Like this is this is amazing. We got one more we got one more of him here. This is him at Trump's event, I guess, or somewhere near Trump's event, maybe at the maybe at the nearest uh maybe at the nearest like Four Seasons Gardening Center or some shit. But uh here's him talking again about his phone. Okay. My lawyers and I got together the last couple of days and on Tuesday, we're suing the United States government and the FBI. On Tuesday? We're suing... Oddly specific. Our First Amendment rights, our Fourth Amendment rights, our Fifth Amendment rights, and our Sixth Amendment rights. <laughs> on Tuesday, everybody. Check it out. He's going to sue everybody on Tuesday. Because everything he said he was going to do in the past on certain days regarding the law like legal action and stuff it's all come to pass so of course we are we should be ready on tuesday that's the day after tomorrow because he's going to actually sue the fbi so now um apparently he's having he was saying he's having a hard time running his business and um here's him talking on his own network lindell tv about how he's having you know a rough time running his business i guess his employees are afraid well, anyway, what have we become as a nation when you got, like I told them, like my pillow, you know, employee owned and uh, and uh, they get attacked and have to sit and worry about billion dollar lawsuits. Is his company employee owned? I highly doubt his company's employee owned. You know, 
They go home, they have families to feed. They're Democrats, liberals, Republicans, conservatives, um, Hispanic, black, Asian, white. We're all like one big family. And he goes, well, how do your employees take that? I mean, how are they taking it? I said, we're trying to get by. We've lost hundreds of millions of dollars because of cancel culture and you media people attacking. Because of your behavior? That you attack people so even judges are afraid to make a ruling. They kick things down the thing to standing, this horrible thing called standing. They just kick the can for standing. But other cases they're pushing through that are so corrupt and so evil, like going after a gal that just does her. Like, oh, man, he's like, I don't like the idea of standing. Well, then I guess your problem was with the entire field of law, because like for a civil case to happen, you have to have standing. It means you have to be basically part of the class that was harmed by um, whatever action was taken. Otherwise, I could just go sue somebody for anything bad they did, even if it didn't harm me and it would clog up the court system. Like, yeah, you have to prove that you have standing. He, he doesn't even probably fucking have that like level of understanding of what standing means. So he's like, oh, this horrible thing called standing. It's why they wouldn't let me sue everybody over the election. And it's like, well, all right, dude. I mean, whatever, whatever you say, my dude, whatever you say, my dude. So here's a uh, cocaine Don Jr. Uh, talking about how uh, his pillow phone saga is actually like a threat to the Republic. Can't let this happen. Take back America. And folks, honestly, I don't think he's wrong. Okay, I'll have to say I don't think because the same people that are all for the weaponization of this will say that I somehow created a fact-check error. So I'm just repeating what he said, and I, yeah, not going to disagree. Certainly feels that way to me because feelings matter more than, you know, anything else, right? So let's just make that clear. Uh, we're just playing by their rules. But guys, this is some sick stuff, and this shouldn't be happening in the United States of America. This shouldn't be happening in any country. And if it was happening somewhere else, I guarantee you the people who are quiet and silent on it right now would be really loud. But you know what? This one's it's an arrest of convenience. It's a seizing of convenience. It's a narrative of convenience. Let's take them out and make sure that no one ever has the guts to stand up to the dictators again. That's all it is, folks, at least to me. Step one, take the pillow guy's phone. Step three, tyranny. <laughs> I can't fucking... These people have lost their fucking minds. Um, we got more on Mike Pillow's phone, but I think we got just one more on Mike Pillow's phone, and then we're going to have to move on to some other crazy thing. This is going to be Tucker Carlson talking about what happened to Mike Pillow and his phone. Because, of course, Tucker Carlson has, you know, some ideas about this. This is a Fox News alert and a shocking one. We told you last night that the Biden administration has politicized law enforcement to the point where it feels Soviet. And we were not overstating it. The FBI has just raided the guy who sells pillows on this channel. Not because but I thought he had a conversation with him in his car. And then they like surrounded him while he was getting a fucking burger at Hardee's. Those were bad, but because they don't like who we voted for. Matt Finn is tracking the developments in that story tonight. Matt. But that he wasn't rated. Even he said he wasn't rated. He said that first that he had a conversation with them while he was driving and then he decided to pull over. And then he said that they surrounded him at Hardee's. So none of that is a raid. He was not raided by the FBI. They just like found him somewhere and were like, 
hey uh we have this warrant here we need we have a warrant to like search the contents of your phone i bet this guy doesn't even have a lock screen on his phone <laughs> he doesn't even have like a four digit passcode on his phone you probably just swipe the phone and it just opens this guy's this guy clearly doesn't know what he's doing <clears throat> clearly has you know no no real understanding of technology he doesn't even have a computer to run his business although i think he probably does have a computer probably does have a computer so up next we got trump he's on the hugh hewitt show and he's going to talk about what's going to happen if uh he were, if donald were to be invited indicted not invited indicted you, you know the old saying a uh, prosecutor can indict a ham sandwich if they want to i'm just asking if there is such a prosecutor and they indict you would that deter you from running for president again i don't think the people of the united states would stand for it. And as you know, if a thing like that happened, I would have no prohibition against running. You know that. You've already I do. And that's what I want people to understand. That would not take you out of the arena. It would not. But I think if it happened, I think you'd have problems in this country, the likes of which perhaps we've never seen before. I don't think the people of the United States would stand for it. What kind of problems, Mr. President? I think they'd have big problems. Big problems. I just don't think they'd stand for it. They will not they will not sit still and stand for this ultimate of hoaxes. I mean, <clears throat> I think that if he's indicted, we won't we won't see like big uh, street protests because those only really happen in the cities where the population's dense and the places where the population is dense did not vote for Trump, do not like him, and probably it would be like on balance glad he got indicted. So what we'd probably be looking at is some kind of some kind of fucking nasty like lone wolf attacks and whatnot i hope that doesn't happen though if he were to be indicted or whatever i would hope that maybe maybe cooler heads would prevail but that's the craziest thing i'm going to say on this show for a while because this is america and cooler heads do not prevail here ever at all um i don't a lot of people were saying that's a threat i don't think that even i don't think that rises even close to like the in like the the standard for incitement i just don't i don't think it's I don't think it would, I don't think it rises even close to that. It's irresponsible though. You know, he could, I don't know. He should have just left it at, oh, if I'm under indictment, I can still run. It makes an interesting legal challenge though. Let's say he's indicted, right? And then he runs and then he were to win. Would they just throw out the indictment because he won the presidency? And if they did that, what does that say about the rule of law and how powerful people are treated differently than um, regular people? Because there's nothing in the Constitution, nothing on the law books that says that the president can't be arrested or investigated for a crime. It's just some kind of weird fucking tradition we have. But I feel like if you're the president and you're out there criming, you should be arrested. You're the president. That comes with a should come with like a big responsibility to not crime. I feel like I feel like that doesn't. I don't feel like that's like a big. Um, <clears throat> I don't feel like it's a big ask if you're the president. Hey, uh, while you're the president, or could you not crime? Could you not do the criming? But, you know, I'm in a crazy fucking country. So here's a senator. His name is Eric Tarr of West Virginia, and he's going to talk about an abortion law in West Virginia. And this is this is going to be one of the one of the wilder things you hear tonight on this show. And we have some Madison Star Moon and Red Light. This this bill pass. It'll save lives, but it does it at the sacrifice of others. And, you know, I've heard arguments if you got 
a burning building and you can save almost all the children, but not all of them, would you do it? I'd burn the building. What? You know, I've heard arguments if you got a burning building and you can save almost all the children, but not all of them, would you do it? I'd burn the building. He's like, I'd actually just make the fire worse. You know, West Virginians for Life, they're going to they're going to score this vote. And when they score it, when I vote no on this bill, they'll score that vote no as a vote against life. They've got it wrong. Well, you just said that West you would Virginians light a building on fire or something if there were children in there and you couldn't save them all. So I'm going to say that you're against life. Life is stopping at 8 and 14 weeks. I'm, I'm astounded that we have to I mean, I'm astounded too. So, um, I thank God for the children that are going to be saved for this. I pray to God for forgiveness for the ones we don't, when we could have. I mean, after that shit that you said about burning the building down because you weren't able to save all the children, if you believed in a God, you probably should ask for forgiveness because you said that shit on the, on the floor of a government body, yeah. If you're a religious person, maybe that is something you need to beg for forgiveness for. Holy crap, man. Holy crap. That was, that was wild. And yeah, it was just like, it wasn't, I don't think it was, it wasn't like a great metaphor. I don't know if he thought it was even a metaphor or if he was like thinking about what he was saying when he said it, if he meant to say something else, I have no idea, but he just said that like, why would that be the, um, why would that be the appropriate response if you can't save all the kids in the building? Just light it on fire? Fool, it's already on fire. And lighting that building more on fire is arson. And in that case, murder, because you know there's kids in there that can't be saved. Well, here's Lindsey Graham. Uh, I'm going to talk about how he uh, did a little bit of a, a little bit of a light in the loafers 180 on whether or not the uh, Supreme Court ruling on abortion would turn it into a state's rights issue. Um, you stated that the repeal of Roe v. Wade would mean that every state will decide if abortion is legal and on what terms. And you said that that was the most constitutionally sound way mm-hmm. of dealing with the issue. And here you are introducing a nationwide 15 week yeah. I'm wondering how you square those two statements. Pretty easy. After they introduced the bill to define who they are, I thought it'd be nice to introduce a bill to define who we are. So. So you just like went back on the thing that you said. That's it. I mean, it's fine. Whatever. You, everybody's a hypocrite about something. So it's not the end of the world. But he just like. Whatever. Lindsey Graham is not a serious person. Remember all that shit Donald Trump said about him. And after Donald Trump won the primary, Lindsey Graham started kissing Donald Trump's ass. So I believe the next one is uh, Lauren Boebert. We've got a couple Lauren Boberts here. Um, this one is basically, uh, you're all going to die, but it's going to be fantastic. As you see the end draw near, we know that we are in the last of the last days, but it's not a time to complain about it. It's not a time to get upset about it. This is a time to know that you were called to be a part of these last days. You get to have a role in ushering in 
the second coming of Jesus. How cool is that? We're all going to die. It's going to be great. (laughs) Holy crap. Like, what the fuck? Like, what? How is this? How is this good? It's like, it's like they call it the end times. You got to, got to look my best for the end times, I guess. And here's a, appears to be Lauren Boebert from the same, the same speech. She's a, clearly a Bible expert. Um, she's certainly read the Bible and understands every word in it. And then all hell broke loose. Rampant, evil, grabbing and grasping, vicious, backstabbing. They made life hell on earth with their envy, wanton killing. I don't know what a wanton killing is. <laughs> it's, I do. I've, I've had some soup that I just fucking annihilated. That's what a wanton killing is. I'm going to have to look that one up. <laughs> but it sounds interesting. And I don't think I want to be a part of it. It depends on how good the wontons are. I will, I will absolutely kill some wontons. I hope you would too. Wontons are good. It's wanton killing. <laughs> God. Oh, for fuck's sake, man. These people are in charge of our country, Americans. I know there's a lot of people who listen to this podcast and watch the live show who aren't Americans. And you probably have your own problems, but I don't know if any of you guys have a Lauren Boebert kind of problems. Speaking of people who run this country who are a problem, and up next we got uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. After her speech at the Trump rally, she's going she's taking an interview with the uh, Real America's Voice people. And uh, it's a Christian revival, y'all. That we're seeing like a resurgence. Um, it's like a revival, Ben. Yeah, it's really a Christian revival yeah, in amen. so many ways. Yeah. And that's what I want to see. I want to see the church in America come to life and save this country yeah. because the church in America is the American people. Our Constitution was founded by Christian men, God fearing men who knew the right things to do and they gave up their lives, their honor, their fortunes for our great country. And that's what we need people to remember. People need to remember that. And well, your side's losing. Uh, religi- religiosity in America is on a downward trend. So I don't know. I don't know about the founding fathers or whatever, but they dead. And uh, young people are. Every generation is less religious than the generation before, and it's probably because of people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who are like wearing their religion on their sleeve the way they are and saying all these horrible things about people. People of different faiths, people of no faith at all, calling people that just disagree with them like demons and shit. I figure if you grow up in that world, maybe more and more people over time as we learn more and more about the physical world might be less inclined to want to follow a religion when all you got all these wackadoodles out there saying these kind of things about, uh, you know, their neighbors, their friends, their brothers, their sisters, their cousins. But I mean, that's just my opinion. You know, we don't really we don't really know. We don't really know why people are becoming less religious, but uh, I think it's generally good for the country. I think secular secularism is better. The less religious countries on the planet seem to be doing better than the more religious countries, especially in the 21st century. So up next, we got Marjorie Taylor Greene. I'm sorry, Marjorie, the gathering on the House floor. She's going to talk about the executive branch, pirate ships and the walls of the pirate ships. She wants the Democrats want to pass this bill to empower Democrat operatives, people that they've hired, 
people that they've put in their administrations. They want to make sure those Democrat operatives are there to be able to undermine the next Republican president of the United States. That should not be a federal law. And as a, for, as a business owner, I'm telling you, it's so important to be able to fire people in your company that aren't doing a good job. And it should be no different for any president. The executive branch must be able to have people working there that can be terminated. But they do. You can get fired from the executive branch. The president fires you or your direct superior fires you. Everyone knows the movie Pirates of the Caribbean. And on the Black Pearl, it's the second one. It has pirates on the ship that become part of the ship walls. Effectively, that's what H.R. 302 is doing. Preventing a Patronage System Act will make employees in the executive branch just that, part of the building walls, making it impossible to get rid of them. So for this reason, I oppose this bill, and I urge my colleagues to vote against it, and I yield back the balance of my time. So I don't know what this bill is about, but it's probably some kind of like you have to be fired for cause thing or whatever, if I had to guess based on what she was saying. And I mean, whatever. I think that like if the president wants you gone, if you're in the executive branch, I'm pretty sure they just fire you. Or I'm sorry, you tender your resignation to spend more time with your family. Here's Marjorie the Gathering. Uh, this is her uh, being a treason understander. And uh, she deleted this video from her own uh, Facebook page but you know how the internet is people grab stuff and things don't ever really get deleted she's a traitor to our country she's guilty of treason she took an oath to protect american citizens and uphold our laws and she gives aid and comfort to our enemies who illegally invade our land that's what treason is and by our law representatives and senators can be kicked out and no longer serve in our government and it's a it's a crime punishable by death is what treason is nancy pelosi is guilty of treason and we want her out of our government she's held her seat of power for 32 years she's 78 years old she is dying in congress we are fed up with these corrupt politicians that hang on to their power just to make themselves rich so the if you think somebody's guilty of treason or whatever that's fine but like <clears throat> she's essentially calling for the execution of one of her colleagues there if you uh <clears throat> listen you don't even have to listen very carefully she just called for the execution the government to execute one of her colleagues because she doesn't like the policy stuff that she's putting forth i guess seems bad seems like maybe an irresponsible thing for a public figure to be doing this was brought back to my attention. This is a bit of an oldie, but a goodie. And we got basically three palate cleansers right in a row here. And I figure uh, we need them. This first one is, uh, what if Jesus was a modern day Republican? Truly, I say unto you, whoever welcomes one of these little ones in my name might be letting in a murderer or a drug. Let's get her to a detention center. You know, so we can figure out what's going on. I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. And behold, 
Now I'm all lazy and entitled. You shouldn't have done that. Do unto others as you suspect they might want to do unto you. <laughs> what has a man profited if he gained the whole world but lose his soul? A lot. He has profited a lot. One soul for the whole world, that is an amazing deal. Why do you look at the speck of dust in your brother's eye, but ignore the plank in your own? Because of her emails. Yes. <laughs> the man strikes you on the right cheek. Turn to him and shoot him. That is the law. If you want to be perfect, go. Sell all the possessions that you have and give the money to a solid mutual fund. By this, they will know that you are my disciples. That you say, Merry Christmas! Christ Christmas! That's my name in there and I put it in there because I wanted it in there so we could all celebrate Big Boy Jesus' birthday time! Okay? Okay. Rabbi, Rabbi, surely you can heal me. My child, of course I could. But who would pay for it? What? I don't understand. I don't have any money. Yes, it is a sad story, but it does not make me responsible. It is super duper easy for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. The richer, the better, really. Maybe get a solid gold house just to be sure. Love your neighbor as yourself. Unless you are better than your neighbor, then tell them that they're weird and you do not want to bake them a cake. You have heard it said, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say to you, any man who looks upon a woman with lust in his heart should go ahead and do what he's gotta do. Lord, your followers grow hungry and we have only this fish and bread. Oh, sweet. <laughs> I think I'd seen that before, but I didn't remember the part at the end where he like ran off with the fish and bread. That was so funny. Um, I think Ali Drew put, put, put that in the uh, Discord, and I was like, okay, we got to run this. So up next, we got... These are the dopest beats. The absolute dopest beats. This appears to be a... Um, a candidate for office somewhere in the United States. And I'm just telling you, you ain't got flows like this. District 12, listen up right here. There's a new name on the ballot for the Senate this year. My name is Linda Paulson, Republican and awesome. Love God and family and the Constitution. I tried to get another conservative to run. Nobody could do it, so I'm getting it done. I'm pro-religious freedom, pro-life, pro-police. The right to bear arms and the right to free speech. I want less government control and regulation want to stop and expose all political corruption where's integrity morality accountability government programs should lead to self-sufficiency and support traditional family as the fundamental unit of society but in schools they're pushing for new beliefs and just to clarify this because there's some who can't define this as a female adult i know what a woman is oh she played the hits that was that was the dopest beats, everybody. I feel like, I don't know, other rappers need to look out. I don't even know why she's running for office. She should definitely uh, definitely go into the hip-hop uh, industry. I feel like she would do, she'd do quite well there. Um, <laughs> 
But also there's like kind of something self-aware about that, right? Like she has to know that she's not like a good rapper, right? So there is something kind of funny about that. Like at least this, at least the lady has a fucking sense of humor. So here's our palate cleanser. This is, this is weird. I think this is in Brooklyn or maybe, maybe the Bronx or something. This is just something, this is like an experience you're only going to have if you live in a city. Hey, 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 I'll hit six What's up? One shot from six Where you gonna head it at? Where? Right here. Where you throwing? Oh, oh, I wanna see this. Hold up. Let me see. Let me see this. Oh my god! Oh my god! No, don't run it out of traffic though, dude. <laughs> I mean, it was all kind of wholesome until the guy ran out into traffic. And then it was like, why are you running out into traffic after you just made that amazing shot? Like, don't go almost die running out into traffic. <sighs> right. That was pretty funny, though. We needed we needed that and the hip hop one. I feel like I feel like we wouldn't have made it through the rest of this podcast uh, without those two clips. So here we go. We got Trump's lawyer is now like a correspondent for the right side broadcasting network. Uh, maybe she's no longer Trump's lawyer, but she here's a a video clip of her talking. This lady's shown up at a lot of QAnon events. This, you'll recognize her as soon as I bring up the video here, and um, she's gonna she's gonna talk about being a January sixth defendant apparently. I served the Air Force for 21 years. I'm a January 6th defendant. Can we say that? And I wrote a poem called We're Ready to Fight. I have a copy I'll give to you. Oh, that sounds great. You look fantastic. What prompted the outfit? I started this after the election was stolen. I actually had bought it as a Halloween costume. And I was in Arizona doing a Patriot party out there. And my costume was in Abilene, Texas. So I was like, I need to find a reason to wear it. So the first time I wore it was November of 2021 at a MAGA car rally, and then it just became a thing, and now I wear it to all the events. Well, it is great. You look fantastic. It's energizing. I think people are excited. It's like the red carpet. We're here to Brian, who's got an announcement to make. So that lady's got a car with like a giant Q on it and shit. She is, she is like deep. She is like incredibly pilled. We've definitely seen her before. <laughs> So we have to skip ahead a little bit here because there's a lot of stuff on this week's docket, as we always do on Sunday. We don't definitely don't get to all the stories, but we got a we got more discourse about <clears throat> the WAP song. This time it is from one Mr. Tucker Carlson. And talking about the female pedenda. But Hillary Clinton likes to talk about that. We're not going to speculate as to why. And so she does. And she did it recently in a brand new TV show called Gutsy, which is an amazing cliche fest. And of course, she immediately zeroed in on the one thing you really don't want to hear too much about, which is some rap queen singing about her genitals. But here's Hillary. That song slaps, though. That, that wet ass. Oh, that song slaps. Clinton complimenting the rap. I'm not really into like modern hip hop either. One of the things ever, ever recorded. Watch this. Chelsea follows rap music. She has ever since she was a little. Oh my God, that's so. She's. Dude, Hillary Clinton, this is the only cool thing she's ever done. Like, at least in the recent times. She is, in fact, painting with the lady that inspired such wonderful sound bites as uh, this one. 
Oops. There's some whores in this house. Like, that's the coolest thing Hillary Clinton's ever done. Came to awareness of you with the Cardi B wow. The men, they seem so confident in what they're saying, and they don't have no problem with talking about their sexuality and how they're going to have sex with you. So I was like, well, <laughs> I could do that, and it's going to sound fire coming from a woman. It's great to see women be so kind of fierce. Yeah, it's great. The concern here, of course, is that Hillary and Chelsea Clinton are complimenting that woman for talking in public about her sexuality. There's a very short hop from that to Hillary Clinton and Chelsea Clinton talking about their sexuality. And America, frankly, can't 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 handle that. We're not strong enough right now. So let's open it. No, they can actually. Everybody can talk about their their sexuality and the, the sex they have. It's just that Tucker can't handle it. Tucker, Tucker, you know. Maybe has the same problem little tiny dancer Ben has. Maybe maybe that's what's going on here. I don't know. I don't know. So in more news about how this nation has become, there's people in this nation are trying to make it more puritanical, which I thought, like, I thought we were headed the other way. I really did. Um, here is a woman went to the beach and was arrested for nudity, except the problem is I'm able to show the video of her on Twitch, so she's clearly not nude. Why is it illegal to, to wear, to have a bikini on the beach? I literally wear this to the beach every day. We're going to show you. We're going to show okay. you. Ab absolutely. It shall be unlawful for any person appearing to nude on any public beach, beach, beach access to the public waters or any public property in the view of the public. I'm not so nude. So nobody's nude. There's nobody nude I'm right nude. now. I'm not nude. You're in the phone. Yeah, we're able to show this on Twitch. Poor woman. Like, who the fuck's idea was that? They're like, she's just wearing a fucking swimsuit. Maybe some people don't like don't like thongs or whatever, but that's not she wasn't nude like what the fuck hopefully like i guess she was talking to like the supervisor or whatever hopefully like somebody in that chain of command was like okay this is fucking stupid like we can't possibly arrest this person for this so up next we got um this is some this guy's named jesse kelly he's i don't know who he is he works for some place Anyway, he's going to talk about the Third Reich and uh, LGBTQ degeneracy. This ought to be great, right? Dr. Jesse, not sure if you've covered this on your show before, but do you see any similarities between today's American slash Western civilization and Weimar Germany? My name is Ryan. Says he's, I can feel free to say it. Well, yes, because there's a part of Weimar or Weimar Germany that people don't know about most people don't know about here's what most people do know let's cover what most people do know they know that in the wake of world war one the whole world decided to blame it all on germany uh world war one was not germany's fault now it's not that it's not germany's fault but everyone was at fault for world war one there, there wasn't some good guy or bad guy in world war one it was just a horrible affair but because germany lost Courtesy of Woodrow Wilson and others, they decided to dump all the blame on Germany. 
they not only put these horrific war reparations on them. Hey, you need to pay us this much money, which was an absurd amount of money. They also took critical parts of their economy, parts of their country, and they took them away. So it, it would be like uh, if you work construction, me telling you, hey, I expect you to pay me $100 a day and I'm cutting off your left arm. So not only do you owe me money, now you can't work the way you worked. That, that, that was what it was like. People know that. And from that, they started mass printing of money. Not that that could happen here. From that, you got hyperinflation. And eventually, all of a sudden, this dirtball named Adolf Hitler rose who hated Jews. But people forget about something else that was a key part of the rise of the Nazis in Germany. People know what I just told you there. That's, most people know that the high points of history of the Weimar Republic. Do you know that part of the Weimar Republic was social degeneracy Europe had never seen before? Do you know the whole LGBTQ thing? Do you know that was going wild in places like Berlin at this time? And do you know that there were so many Germans, Jew hatred or not, so many Germans who were willing to accept anything to make that degeneracy stop? They wanted it stopped. This is, this is actually part, I'm glad you brought this up. This is part of why I've been warning time and time and time again, not cheering for, warning. There is a right-wing dictator of some kind coming. Please, God, don't let it be Hitler. But there is one coming. You guys can enjoy all this whoop it up all you want with your pink feather boas on and put on the drag shows for little kids. And what the fuck? Teenage, cut, cut the penises off of teenage boys all you want. Have a good time. with. Oh, no, 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 no. That's an, that that's fucking that's that's fucking enough of this. I'm sorry. That's enough of this. I don't think we really need to hear any more of that. We kind of heard what that guy was saying. He was basically blaming uh, people being openly queer in cities like Berlin for the Holocaust because people were like, well, we're willing to accept anything because we don't like gay people. And that's fucking insanity. It's complete fucking insanity. I can't believe we just watched that. <sighs> On to something else stupid, but probably less infuriating. We got a uh, Dennis Prager versus fifth graders. Where is my favorite sign? Yeah, I, I, no, that's not it. Uh, damn, I threw it away. <laughs> that school sign that I saw, schoolroom sign that I saw in the New York Times. The world is better because you are in it. I don't know what grade it was. I, I assume something like fifth grade. What a stupid message. Plus, it's, it's not true. What has any fifth grader done to have made the world better because he or she is in it? What the fuck? Dude, come on, man. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Fifth graders didn't do anything to you. <laughs> Boy, again, as I pointed out, it's the opposite of the way many of us were raised. If my father had said to me, you know, Dennis, the world is better because you are in it, I would have uh, believed that uh, 
even though he was never drunk, that he was actually drunk. <laughs> well, you sure showed those fifth graders, Dennis. My fuck, what the fuck? Like, why did he decide to fill some of his, I mean, Dennis Prager's an idiot, but that's like, that's like out there. That's like the next level of stupidity. Don't worry, though. The next thing we're going to watch is actually stupider. And no, it's not Stu Peters, but it's actually much dumber. This is Matt Walsh talking about uh, mermaid science. All right. Max Winter says a black actor playing the Little Mermaid really is a case of white erasure. All forms of art, including fairy tales, are meant to be reflections of the author's experiences and observations. Hans Christian Andersen probably based the Little Mermaid based on experiences he went through in his home country of Denmark. So it makes sense that most of his characters would be white since that's the world and the people he was surrounded by. Yeah, I'm given the way that we deal with these sorts of issues. I'm, I'm sympathetic to that. Now, I would be fine, like we talked about yesterday. We don't have to rehash the entire thing. But if we all agreed that race in, in films and TV shows, especially fictional stories, don't matter, and we're going to take a kind of colorblind casting approach, and, uh, you know, it just it, it, it doesn't matter as long as the actor is good. If we could all agree on that, then I'd be on board. And as I said, but it's not for us to all agree on. It's whoever owns the intellectual property and makes the fucking movie, dude. It's not for you to agree on or me to agree on. Like, I'm not even into movies and TV that much, but I know that, like, it's just not even my decision. It has nothing to do with me. It's basically what it was for many years, what it was back in the 90s. But what I cannot abide by is the double standard thing where we say, well, race, the race, the casting, uh, the race of in casting matters only for certain races and not for others. That, that, no, no, we're not doing that. Also, by the way, with The Little Mermaid, can, can we also just mention that just from, from, a, from a scientific perspective, okay, it doesn't make a lot of sense to have someone with darker skin who lives deep in the ocean. I mean, if anything, <laughs> not only should the Little Mermaid be pale, she should actually be translucent. If you look at deep sea creatures, they're like translucent. <laughs> they have no kind of pigmentation whatsoever. And they're just like these horrifying, they look like skeletons floating around in the ocean. That's what the Little Mermaid should look like. She should be totally pale where, and skeletal where you can see her skull through her face. <laughs> and that would actually be a version of Little Mermaid that I would watch. Oh, man. What an absolute dumb fuck this guy is. Like. <laughs> we have to have a scientifically accurate little mermaid and by that it should look like a fucking squid actually not like a mermaid dude it's just a fucking black actor playing the little mermaid and <clears throat> people came after me a little bit about this but the little mermaid is a, a movie mostly targeted at little girls that's who the primary audience for the little mermaid is are other people going to watch it sure now that all this happened i bet a lot of other people are going to watch it <laughs> Holy shit, man. All right, up next. <laughs> oh, no. We got Candace Owens explaining pornography to Ben Shapiro. And I haven't watched this, but I bet it's just fucking amazing. 
conversation that I was having with my husband about pornography. My husband completely abstains from social media. And if you ask him, he just casually says, because it's all pornography. And he's talking about Instagram. He's talking about Facebook. He's talking about opening up a page and looking at the Daily Mail. But we've become so desensitized to it. So when I'm on Instagram, I don't even I don't even pay attention to the fact that actually, yeah, no, there's just nothing but butts and people's tits on the Internet at all times. Um, but we've become increasingly Kitties and boobs. saying that this is OK. And so I wanted to have that discussion about pornography. I was listening to a Catholic podcast and they were talking about how even the seeds that are being planted on porn websites, which I did visit yesterday, are all incestuous. And of course, it brought. What were you doing looking at? The, I, she just told us what kind of what kind of porn she likes, actually. I'm, you know. You know, I mean, you go on with your bad self, I guess. Well, uh, while, while we're on the subject of things that should make you very uncomfortable. <laughs> here's Chris Rufo talking about, and I'm not kidding. He's going to talk about ugly little girls. You look at the images of predominantly most of these young girls. Uh, this is not health. This is not beauty. This is not happiness. Uh, and I always think of uh, uh, my own Italian grandmother and then her kind of, her kind of siblings, that, that generation. If they saw this, their instinctual reaction, informed not by book learning, my grandmother had a fifth grade education, but by tradition, by kind of human nature, by a rational uh, uh, look at this, they would say, this is ugliness. This is uh, uh, demonic. This is something that is bad, that should be uh, uh, really uh, uh, rejected. And we've lost that basic common sense where you see a woman, or young girl rather, who is looking uh, unwell, who is looking ill, who is looking uh, ugly. Uh, and we are actually required not just to suppress those feelings, but to actually affirm that person, to say, this is great, this is good, this is transgressive, uh, this is uh, your identity, we have to celebrate it. And so we have a culture, unfortunately, where what we need to do is just simply tell the truth uh, and to but start why to push back and so break those bubbles. I, that, this is, you're hitting on a really deep theme that underlies so much of this, which is the hatred of the beautiful and the elevation of the ugly and grotesque. What is that? And so what we need to do, a little girl looks too skinny or whatever. What you need to do is be like, okay, I'll go. Or if a little girl, maybe she, I don't know, you shouldn't even be th like, well, I don't even know why I'm saying this. I feel fucking gross even talking about this, right? Like, these are the same people that are calling everybody a bunch of child abusers and shit, too. They're here sitting there commenting on, like, how a little girl looks. All these people have been talking about how a little girl looks all week. I know the actor who plays the Little Mermaid is a woman, um, but they're just all like, I'm, I'm a little bit fucking uncomfortable. I got a couple more. Uh, we're going to run a little long on the pod this evening, but not super long. Um, I got a couple more here. We got, uh, we got Dave Rubin <laughs> making sure you understand that, that you might could value a monarchy. Okay. So first off, she doesn't even know if it's a he or a she, like she just doesn't know what she's talking about. She's unprepared and everyone's the worst of all things. And that's like, who is so she? Glibly. Yes. It's just that the British empire was just thieving and raping and genocidal. And it's like, you know what? There were literally, literally millions of messages sent from some of those places that uh, people would say the UK dominated and destroyed and, you know, all of those things, say India, say parts of Africa, in support of the Queen. It's not to defend 
the empire, and it's not to defend people going outside of their borders and imposing their wills on people and any of those things. This was a woman, this is a woman who lived with really incredible dignity her entire life, who was not supposed to be queen at the age that she became it. I mean, it's an absolutely incredible story, uh, the abdication of the throne and her stepping into these responsibilities, and she lived with grace and decency, and we can all talk about whether a monarchy is worth it or not, and in some ways, I think right now we're seeing proof that monarchies have some value because they last over time instead of just the, the crazed sort of politicking of the day. Wait, what? But okay, putting all of that aside. It's Wait, what? They last a long time, whether you like it or not, if you're a citizen under the monarchy, whether if 90% of the people wish someone else is in charge, well, you know, at least it's consistent. Like, what? Oh, no. I think they're going to be trying to make Trump the fucking king. I think that's like their next move or some shit. Like, what the fuck? There's some value to monarchy. I mean, I guess like, I don't know. Maybe she was a nice old lady. I don't know. I don't know. The way, the way that fucking monarchy treated any commoner that any of the men dated wasn't great. Wasn't great. And as the matriarch of that family, that queen oversaw all that and didn't say fucking shit about it. Also not for nothing. Uh, Andrew didn't have much to say about Andrew. Did you? Did you, did you queenie? So I got one more, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a grouping of clips. Um, it's a Jordy Pete is going to speak with Helen Joyce. If you don't know who Helen Joyce is, she is a raging transphobe and, um, they're going to, you know, exchange recipes <laughs> or, or, you know, something like that. Here, here's the first clip. Absolutely. And, and two things that you notice when you look at these people are, one, what they're seeing when they look in the mirror is not what you're seeing. Um, they're, they're well, seeing. What, I would hope that what I see when I look in the mirror is different than what other people see when they look in the mirror. But I don't think that's what she means. They're seeing a fantasy. They're seeing a, a, a fantastic version of themselves. But you, who are not in love with this, this idea, this idea of the feminine version of this man, you're seeing something a lot less flattering. And that's very hurtful to them. That's experienced, I, I think, as a psychic insult. That, you know, because, because it's like being flipped out of the fantasy. Like if you're in this beautiful fantasy and then someone laughs or someone calls you he, and then that, that's narcissistic rage is what you see as the response to that's that. Right. That's right. That's right. It's, and it's, it's narcissistic rage at, in many ways, the same level that you'd see in a thwarted two-year-old. Yes. Wait, what? First of all, it's not a psychic insult. It's just an insult. There's nothing psychic about like the ins the insult that someone feels about that. It's just an insult. Let me go back to Chris Rufo. Why don't you just call him an uggo? <laughs> Fucking horrible person. Kids that are well socialized and popular develop that ability between the age of two and four. Right. And what they undergo this psychological transformation in identity. They go from a two-year-old egocentrism, so the two-year-old can only play a game with him or herself. They can't play a shared game. And so two-year-olds play, play in parallel, but they can't play a joint game. And that means that their identity, this is so important, their identity is purely subjectively defined. And they have temper tantrums if you interfere with that. But so what happens is between the age of two and four, your identity moves from egocentric and subjectively defined to communal and negotiated. 
And now this idea that we have that your identity is only what you say it is appeals not only to, I suppose, the ideologues that are pushing it, but it also appeals to people who are developmentally stuck, and I mean this in the deepest sense, are stuck at a two-year-old level of psychological development. And so it's possible on top of all this that we have an epidemic of narcissism that's being capitalized on by the woke ideologues who are also likely suffering from the same psychopathology. That guy calling anyone else a narcissist is a fucking hilarious. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to diagnose him with like a, like a narcissistic personality disorder or whatever, because that's not really what I mean. But, you know, I don't think he's talking to a, a, an audience full of uh, academics or psychologists or whatever. He's talking to lay people. And when they think narcissism, they think of the same sort of lay person version of narcissism as you and I might um, use. And then uh, just imagining that Jordan Peterson is using that language to describe anybody else is just kind of funny. We'll play one more clip of this and then we'll go on over into red light. Um, this is just him getting real heavy into some kind of theory, I guess. So one of the things you do in your book is you detail out a lot of sexual fetishes, tracing them back a couple of hundred years. So imagine that you're a hyper-masculine male. Imagine you're a little narcissistic in your masculinity. And uh -huh. let's say there's a part of your psyche that regards that as unbalanced. And so what happens is you start to have fantasies about the value of the contrasexual uh, uh, temperamental virtues. And those would be the feminine ones. But given that you're not very conceptually sophisticated, maybe the way that counterbalancing tendency manifests itself in you is in fantasies of being female. And that, that fantasies are so damn deep that they actually involve even the sexual impulse. So Carl Jung, who I think thought more deeply about this than anyone else, believed that as we move- This idea that like certain people have thought really deeply about something and that makes them right is stupid. <clears throat> You're right about something if the evidence demonstrates that you're right, not because you've thought deeply about it. Life that, and we expanded our personalities, that we would expand them beyond the confines of a rather stereotypical gender identity and incorporate the virtues of the sex that we weren't. So that, and then if that's forestalled by, by narcissism, let's say, or even by inability, then the proclivity to develop those contrasexual tendencies would start to manifest itself in the kinds of fantasies that you described as characteristic of the autogynephilic transsexuals. What the fuck? And so then if you think that narcissism is part of what's driving that, right? I'm, I'm pushing too hard in the direction that I'm going, and so these fantasies manifest in a compensatory way that you get a perfect storm. And it's the narcissists who are doing this that insist upon subjective identity and who also, by the way, are perfectly willing to sacrifice children to their own purposes. Oh, God. It went from, <clears throat> if you think deeply about something enough, you can be super right about it if I think you're right and I agree with you, too. We're mutilating children. It went fucking blood libel. Just blood libel. That's all this is. They're doing another blood libel. It comes around every once in a while. Now it comes around in a different form every fucking three months or something, I guess. Um, I don't know what else to say about that. And um, I guess I'm going to have to jettison all of you podcast listeners. Might want to check us out over on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Media. We're live six nights a week, every night but Monday. And Meltdown Monday will, in fact, make a triumphant return sometime soon. Check out all of our podcasts and uh, check out our swag shop at Eplex 
store. And of course, you can get the entire audio capture of this by signing up for our Patreon at patreon.com slash echoplex. Um, I guess that was the show, and I'm sorry. Uh, I'll be back with Red Light.
goth DJs and Twitch witches are hanging out on Thursday for the bad VHS rips, unblinking eyes, and fire by night. Thetans and Satans comes from an interest in the cult of Scientology, moral panics, Satanism, and how they set the tone for the extremist social media panics of today. We really earn our weird left Twitch badge with this show, watching the world go red light in reverse every Thursday at 9 p.m. Pacific on twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. Find our full schedule at echoplexmedia.com.